from the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. And here we go. It's the very first edition, the very first episode of Season 3 of Inside Texas High School Soccer. We are back and we are powered by our proud partners, College Promoters USA. College Promoters USA, they are America's premier college prep program and high school student-athlete marketing service since 1997. Located here in the San Antonio area, you can find them in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center. You can also find them on social media on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well on as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. And you can also get more information on what they're about and the many cool things they are doing on their website at CollegePromotersUSA.com. Well, we we're back. We're uh, we're. Glad to be back here for the very first edition, very first episode, as we said, of season three of Inside Hashtag Texas High School Soccer. And I, we are glad to have him back, the Obi-Wan Kenobi of Texas High School Soccer, right? Rafa C. himself, Mr. At Papa Soccerites. Rafa, how are you, buddy? Pretty good, pretty good. How's uh, how's life? I feel Glad. like uh, I feel, we talk all the time, but yet I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. I'm, I'm just glad to be off the road from the recruiting. So yeah. I've kind of taken it easy these tech couple of weeks just to catch up on some stuff. But I'm, I'm hitting the road again, but more locally next week. But but I'm excited because, like I said, Monday was the start of the for the public schools of the for the high, new soccer season. So I'm, I'm geared up for it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, look, definitely looking forward to it as well. Uh, it's going to be an exciting season for sure, exciting year for sure. So many things that we're going to cover. Um, that we're going to go over today. Um, so it should be fun. Um, but before we do that, I guess one of the things that we kind of wanted to talk about before we segue into actual talking Texas high school soccer, this is kind of the rarity where we get to, as we are just starting the Texas high school soccer season, we're, we're in the middle of a, of a men's world cup, right? So very, very unique for everybody, obviously. But uh, before we start, before we kind of talk about, the real kings of uh, CONCACAF. Uh, I would like to offer kind of a moment of silence for uh, for L3, uh, <laughs> for uh, for Mexico. I know, obviously, that is your primary team. And uh, just kind of wanted to get your your thoughts on that. I guess the moment of silence really should be more for, for Tata, right? But uh, tell us kind of uh, your thoughts. What What's your takeaway when you look back on it over these last three games in, uh, in group play for Mexico? I know, I know we discussed it last night on the San Antonio Roundtable. We discussed it and I kind of talked to Harry about it. You know, me going into this, we didn't really have much confidence 
you know, them, you know, coming out of the group stage, you know, if we got the result against, you know, Poland is a, hey, maybe, because I know Argentina, I mean, they're just world-class team. It's a, they're a world-class right. team, you know, right. and I, I think, you know, and I, they did beat Saudi Arabia, which was was expected, but that, that game versus um, Poland was a key. But, I, you know, the coaching, there, there's got to be a lot of soul-searching. And I think – you know, and it's a good thing too because it, you know the United States went through the same thing when they didn't make the World Cup, and they did some soul searching and they fixed a lot of, a lot of those problems to get them where they're at now. I think this is a new opportunity for Mexico to kind of do a clean slate, but there's like key areas that they need to fix, especially like control of the owners from the Liga MX teams, you know, of, of the players. Right. Uh, right. There's got to be better scouting. Um, there's got to be better. Um, I think the league MX needs to um, bring back the you know promotion re- re- you know relegation, um, kind of limit them foreign players. Uh, you know my favorite team, <laughs> has quite a few of them, but you know and you got to develop your local pro- you know your local players, and then they also have a system within you know within the th- all the whole working with the national teams kind of go through because if you look at some of the other areas, you know, they did well in the Olympics. They did; they won a world a U U twenty, and U seventeen well, cup, but mm-hmm. that never materialized for them making that next step with the with the with the, with the first team. So yeah. those are some some of the things. I know some of the former coaches from from the national team, like La Volpe, Argueta, and they've had a roundtable, and I've been watching them on on, on Univision, and they had a lot to say, and I think they bring up a lot of good points. And honestly, I think Mexico needs to modernize what they're doing now as far as picking their players. And also they need to get the coach that's more, I guess, more modern, that can relate to the players, you know, mm-hmm. and go and go younger. Because, you know, imagine if they did bring in um, Diego Linus and a couple other players, who's to say they don't make a difference on, on, yeah. on this World Cup? Not saying they were going to win it, but at least be more competitive and a better showing. And I think that's what yeah, they're I mean, gonna have to do. Yeah, I think there was some, there was something to be said, and <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of, in in I don't know with what you're seeing with with Burhalter with Reyna and just the rumor mill, right? I don't something to you know you saw that with John Brooks as well with Burhalter, and um, maybe they're related, maybe completely unrelated. We we don't know. Obviously, we're not behind the scenes, but there's something to be said there too with Tata and. When you didn't have, you don't bring Linus, who's like one of my favorite guys to watch, mm-hmm. right? You don't bring him with you. You know, Vela, Vela wants nothing to do with the national, you know, with the Mexican selection. I mean, that kind of says, that's kind of just leaves you kind of wondering and scratching your head. So I don't know. In many ways, I, I guess, I don't know. I guess in many ways you saw that coming. And I know, I know the local media right now, or the just the Mexican media in general, they seem to be making this big push to trying to get back to, hey, we need to have a, a domestic coach, right? A a Mexican a coach from the country. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be the big push. I don't know if that's really the answer, to be honest. But, uh, but I, yeah, I don't think that's, that's the answer. I, I think the answer right. is more um, a younger coach. Yeah. Uh, well, look at Ball Halter. He's not that you know. He's not that old, and he, he's you know coached to a lot of those players. Because he's, you know, not too long ago he, he was playing. 
you know, to me, I think like uh, Lozano would be, a, you know, the one that coached the Olympic team. He'd be a, Jimmy Lozano would be a great mm-hmm. coach for them because he can relate to those players. And look what he did in the Olympics to finish in third. Yeah. Uh, another one that maybe they should look at is uh, Santiago Solari. You know, look what he did with Club America. It's really yeah. kind of developed those players. I know he kind of crashed and burned at the end because of a lot of he's injuries. He's been floating out there. That name continues to float yeah. out there, though. So, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked. I think he'll be, a, I think he'll be in the running for sure. Um, but yeah, but yeah. it's just, I, I think you can't have a, I don't think you can have a coach now that is, you know, for years the international game was thought because of the activity level, right? And it's a lot of scouting mm-hmm. and watching. It was thought to be an older coaches game, but I, I, I think the trend is is going the other way. I think it. Yeah. I think that's where you're going to see it go. Burhalter is a perfect example because could you imagine watching a super old school coach coaching and trying to relate to this super young American team? That'd be that would be tough. That would be tough for the players and the coach. See, and that's the game is going to be on Saturday because Burhalter is going to go with one of the probably one of the best European coaches that's been there a while with Louis Van Gaal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? yeah. You know, we're going to see is the old system still better than the you know, the older coach or is it the new coach who's who's going to, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that's and that's something that even like with uh, even with SAFC, like and we're kind of discussed until I hear about, you know, like Marcina versus the coach from um, Lou City. Very yeah. good coach, very young coach. But Marcina, I think outwitted him with experience. So it, it, it's going to be for me. I think they go, need to go young, go develop. Do the kind of the same thing what the U.S. did. Have that little chip on the shoulder on not making the World Cup here. Like I said, have that chip on the shoulder on not producing. Mm-hmm. Get the younger players in. Even if we take our hits, you know, our lumps, but in the end, you're gonna have you probably and you're gonna have this a better results. Especially now that you're gonna host, I'll be a co-host of the World Cup. Right. You right. gotta give a a good better showing, and then also. Um, I think what they also need to do is they need to start exporting more players to Europe. And that's what's happened now. There's more U.S. players than the Mexican Mexican players mm-hmm. going to Europe. There's a, a big imbalance yeah. now. And that yeah. needs to be that needs to be fixed. Yeah, that's been the big knock is that a lot of them, they're comfortable because Liga Mekis is, is playing them well and is paying them well, I should say, in the domestic league that they're comfortable, right? That they don't want to yeah. go and earn it or, you know, earn their stripes, so to speak, in Europe. So yeah, so yeah, very interesting. So, thoughts on uh, thoughts on you the U.S. Uh, U.S. U.S. Iran match Iran match they, from the other from yesterday. That, that was a that was a barn burner. Um, you know, it's it's funny because they they play great the first half, but then the second half they're like they're like holding on by their skin mm-hmm. and the teeth. And yeah, come Saturday you cannot do that. You cannot play that way against against Holland. Yeah, it wasn't like Wales. It wasn't the second half like Wales, yeah. but it was those last, <clears throat> I would say about those last 20 minutes of that second half yesterday versus versus a run was just, it was, it was like edge of your seat stuff, right? So, and then, and the substitution pattern, I think what stood out to me besides, besides rain, you know, Reina still not playing really all of what, maybe seven That's minutes, 10 minutes. That's a there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but. But I would say, aside from that, is excuse me in qualification, right? In World Cup qualification, you saw through Concacaf, Burhalter. It's interesting because Burhalter was doing 
he seemed to be doing better. Like his starting lineup selection wasn't the strong or wasn't necessarily right, if you will, right? But his his substitute his substitute patterns, right? His and his second half adjustments were spot on. And then now in the World Cup, they seem to be the opposite, right? Like his, he's pretty much seems to have gotten his his lineup. You can make the argument other than maybe one here or there. He seems to have gotten his starting eleven dead on. He's made the great, you know, great preparation, and he's gotten the uh, the starting eleven dead on, if you will. But then the substitute patterns that you've seen at halftime in the second half, they've that's what I feel like he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't got it right right so um now of course we get it some of them your hand is forced right like yesterday with yeah. with Pulisic's injury and whatnot and then of course that kind of freak one with uh with sergeant so it's kind of that we get but i don't know i think when you're trying to really unlock the game further put it away when you know iran's coming forward i, I want to go the opposite direction i want to continue to attack because you know iran you know, when you have a team that bunkers in low block and now they have to chase the game, you know, that's a perfect opportunity to try to, I want to go and attack and get the second goal, right? Get the insurance policy versus trying to just bunker in and then go all of a sudden go to five defenders in the back. See, and that's something that on Saturday, you're going against a team that's pretty much almost a mirror image of the. But the thing is, their, their quality of plays might be a little bit more as far as with the coaching oh, yeah. background. Because Louis yeah. Van Gaal, you know, yeah, he had his turbulent seasons with Man U, but he's a quality, he's one of the quality coaches oh, yeah. in Europe. No, and no, so no. he knows how to finish games. And that's uh, something maybe I think Brohalter is going to have to, he's going to take that next step, especially with his team. You got to learn how to fin- finish off mm-hmm. opponents. Yeah. And if, yeah. If that's yeah, if you're going to yeah. compete against like the France and Brazil, Spain, you know, you got to learn how to finish. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could say, <clears throat> I think you can say, I think you'd agree with me on this, that this may be, I don't want to say weak, soft, but maybe just the least strongest <laughs> um, Netherlands team that we've seen that's into this far into, um, into the World Cup. Probably in, I would say a good would probably. I know they, I know just like us, just like the U.S., they weren't in the last World Cup, but I would say probably going all the way back to maybe 2006, right? Pre, pre, pre World Cup final in 2010, because yeah. that was that was when that group was entering their prime, right? And they played in the final versus Spain, um, and then of course Van Persie's gone, Robin's no longer there. Uh, who's the other one that I'm forgetting? Um, Van Histeroy. Yeah, but no, there was another one too. It just the name escapes me right now. But but yeah, that whole that generation is is gone, right? So this is a new group. But I think I think with with Netherlands, what you're finding is that you know they're they will kind of I find them to be they're just gonna kind of be comfortable in possession, slow the game down, the complete opposite of what the US is gonna want to do, right? So can I think a lot of this for the US is gonna be patience, right? Having actual having a lot of patience in this, not getting not becoming over eager, not becoming yeah. frustra- frustrated, and uh, and then you got to deal right. It's bad enough that we don't really have a true a true number nine, right? And now, now you got arguably the best center back right in the world, right? Or top top two, top three, all right in in Van Dyke back there. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a, a, a tough one to figure out impossible. No, but a tough one to figure out. 
I wonder if, you, if we're all just kind of regretting not bringing in Pepe, you know, because he's a true number nine. It's like maybe he could have gone to – I know he hasn't really played well in Europe, but still you got to throw him into the fire. And that's, and that's something I think, you know – they're gonna have to start doing taking start taking some chances in order yeah. to go to that yeah. to that next step. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Interesting to see. So again, that'll be, I believe, nine a.m. on Saturday. The U.S. versus the Netherlands on I think Fox on Big Fox. Fox yeah. So as well as Telemundo, of course. Mm-hmm. So yeah, looking forward to that one as well. And looks like the winner of that matchup will go up against. I want to say, but after the way they played against Saudi Arabia, you just never know, right? The winner of that will go up against the winner of Australia and uh, and Argentina. Argentina. So, yeah, and <clears throat> excuse me. I think the thing the thing you'll notice with with teams like the U.S. and maybe Australia, countries like Australia and the U.S. Now, when they get at this into this stage, anything can happen. Anything can happen, and you know, it just takes one opportunity, right? Anything can happen in this round, and with groups like that that aren't necessarily the U.S. is still extremely young, right? And they've kind of their big expectation was, hey, get out of the group. Now it's kind of house money, as they say, right? Yeah, it's kind of like with, yeah. la- with the last World Cup, but nobody thought Croatia would make it to the final. That's another team. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna. They're have still to playing. They're still playing well. Yeah. Modric still. I don't know. He found the fountain of youth because he's still. I mean, he's doing it at Real Madrid. He's still doing it now with Croatia. Um, and look at look at Spain. I mean, I think that's the blueprint as far as, you know, like with Mexico and a couple of the other teams. I think what Luis Enrique, even though he's a Barca, Barca <laughs> former Barca player, I mean, you got to give him his credit. You know, he's really built that team. And I think he's got a good blueprint on what, you know, how to get your young players and and get them to perform and execute, you know, because that, you know, that's, they could have that second round matchup with Brazil, which is going to be a very interesting game. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. And we'll have uh, so shout out to, uh, to Harry, Harry on there kind of giving us grief and saying, saying hi as well. So, and, I am getting Harry did want to note, Rafa. He also wanted me to ask if that was a Poland jersey by chance that you're wearing there. So I told well, him I don't one, think no, so. It's the <laughs> it's the jersey of the Madre, Madre Patria of Spain, right. of Spain. <laughs> right, right, right. You, get, you oh. can see the star there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Good deal. Awesome. Well, hey, hey, we uh, that's uh, that's going to do it really for uh, kind of brief World Cup talk. So. Good stuff, and uh, obviously more to come on that. We cannot not talk about that, right, when we're in the middle of a World Cup. But uh, awesome. So let's segue over. So, you know, it's the our preview show here of Inside Texas High School Soccer. Uh, thank you here for being for being with us again. And, um, you know, what we kind of want to do with tonight's show, what makes it a little different, is not really diving into specific topics. It's kind of more of an overview of what we're going to be looking at over the course of this season. Obviously, you know, schools just started officially in season as of uh, this Monday, November 28th, and tryouts going on all across uh, all across the state and really wrapping up today. So majority of tryouts going on across the state over the course of these last three days, the 28th, the 29th, and the 30th. You look on social, you see a lot of a lot of programs naming uh, naming their actual their varsity rosters. So shout out to them. Shout out to our our varsity programs. 
UIL soccer programs across the state who are kind of getting officially getting up and going. And um, before we kind of look into the overview, a little bit of what we're going to cover this season, Coach, tell us um, tell us just kind of your brief thoughts about what's how you feel about what's going on across the state over these these last few days with tryouts and looking at the next weeks ahead, particularly the month of December. Yeah, I, I think when you're going into the season, you know, it dep- like I said, every team is going to vary. You know, you have some teams that have senior leading teams. Some teams there are, or maybe quote unquote rebuilding because they graduated a lot of senior, uh, big senior class. You know, um, you're trying to find, like I said, during the trials, you're trying to find the right group of players that are going to execute your, not only your game plan, but also, you know, you know, represent your school too. Because you know, you're just going to not put anyone on that team. I remember when we used to do our trials. You know, we had certain rules on what we did ours and, you know, and, that you know, putting the cre- the school crest on, you know, with the jersey, you know, it means something. So I know the coaches are really looking to who, the difference makers. I think that's, you know, when you're picking a varsity team, whatever, even the players you have coming out, coming back, you know, who are the players, especially from your JVs or maybe some new, you know, some transfers over or some, you know, who are the ones that can be difference makers to get your team to to contend not only in the playoffs, you know, in, get into the playoffs for the district titles and the regional titles and the state titles. Right, right, right. Good stuff. So, <clears throat> so before we dive in really quick, before we dive in really quick, so we're going to, so in case you didn't know, so we've partnered up now going back since July of July of this year, we've partnered with our, our good friends at Gipper. So let me tell you a little bit about our good friends at Gipper. So Gipper is the way schools, athletic departments, ADs, and coaches are creating world-class marketing content. Join over 2,500 coaches and ADs and use Gipper to create high-quality visual branded graphics for your program. The best part, anyone can do it in seconds on any device without without needing any design. Um, my personal take with them, again, we've been using them since about July, partnered up with them, official partnership. Have absolutely loved it. The customer service is incredible, and they're just—they're a great organization, great company that's constantly evolving. When you go through their their platform every day, there's something new, there's something different. They've updated stuff, and customer service—you have issues, they're all over it. So, uh, have been exceptionally pleased with that. And they just—one of the things I think within the last—I want to say three weeks or so—could be slightly off on that, but definitely within the last month. They just launched their new their mobile app, their phone app. So, which is pretty awesome itself. It's very user friendly. Desktop is still the friendliest, of course, but uh, when you're dealing with graphics like that, but uh, I think they I think they're kill- they're killing it across the board. But I think they nailed it as well with their mobile app. So, please check them out again. That's Gipper. So, one of the things you can do is so listeners of the Fifty Fifty podcast, you can receive a ten percent off first time Gipper purchase. So, on an annual subscription. You can get, again, that's a 10, 10% off just for being a 50-50 podcast listener. Okay, so you can visit their website. Go to gipper.com slash partner slash 50-50 to learn more. Again, that's gipper.com slash partner slash 50-50. All right, so let me go ahead. So let's go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull up the screen here, Coach. All right, so here we go. So 
again. So looking at our previous show here, so season three, very excited about this. And uh, so here's a, here's a few, some of the things that we're going to look at this year is, um, so you'll notice, uh, so we're going to look at this from two, a two-angled approach, both locally or regionally, if you will, kind of San Antonio, Austin. So definitely San Antonio from the perspective of this will be Rafa's side of the house more, where he'll cover more, and I'll let him talk a little bit more on uh, on his uh, on the podcast side as well, as far as what what they'll be doing with the with the roundtable a little bit more, and how that kind of cross pollinates and overlaps with uh, with us here uh, here at the Fifty Fifty Podcast, and specifically with this show inside uh, te- Texas high school soccer. So from the regional perspective in San Antonio, these are some of the things that we've got coming up here. So first three here, upcoming local tournaments, game of the week coverage, and uh, well, local power rankings from the, uh, from the SA soccer, uh, SA soccer roundtable perspective. Rafa, tell us a little bit about those first three. Anything you want to share? Yeah, there's some great tournaments coming up, especially here in San Antonio. Uh, well, San Antonio, Austin area. I know um, Spencer Valley is going to have the Ranger Classic um, for the boys and the girls. So that, that was always a great tournament. Uh, Northeast ISD, Northside ISD, they have their showcases for the boys and girls. So we get some quality teams, especially like last year. We had that when we went to the 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 Bernie Champion, Salt Lake Carroll game. That was a bar burner of a game. <laughs> and like I said, you know, two teams that act, one that won the state championship and one that made it to, you know, to the to the final four for, for, for 5A, you know, and um, so we're looking for, there's other great tournaments around. So you, know, you have an opportunity to go, you know, go check those out. Uh, game of the week coverage. Uh, like I said, we live stream quite a few games. So anybody listening out there, especially in San Antonio area, you want, you need a live stream game, contact, contact me. We, we love to going out. I know me and Harry went out to um, Hondo last year because Hondo was a brand new team. It was, we're excited. They were there to see, witness their first ever district win for both the boys and the girls. Um, also, also we saw other other teams. You know, we featured pretty much try to go all around Santa, the San Antonio to, get, to cover great games. And I know we covered the the that Smithson Valley Reagan game at Piper, which was one of the, one of the best games we've seen. Um, and also we covered did some coverage on the you know, for this regional tournament. So looking forward to more of that. And then also the local power rankings. Uh, I'll be working on that pretty soon. I've seen some other rankings, some statewide ones uh, from other ones. And I've kind of like, eh. yeah, there's some teams that eh, kind of little head scratchers. But like I said, I'm, I'm going to do a little research on that. And, you know, and it, it's going to be tough because, you know, there's some teams that, you know, did graduate players and there's, you know, you know, we're not sure how they're going to be, you know, we don't know who's going to be that one sleeper team. Like, you know, like last year, that sleeper team was like like Brandeis. They were a sleeper team, you know, um, and I'm sure they're going to be competing for their district titles. Uh, same thing on the girls side, you know, Bernie Champion was a, uh, the girls was a sleeper team. I know there was a lot of focus on, on Dripping Springs and, you know, we actually got to see them play up. That's one of the first games we covered. And like I said, look, look at the stuff they did. So, I'm looking forward for these power rankings, but like I said, you know, we'll, I'll have an idea. Hopefully, within right before the end of the year, end of the year, I'll have, I'll have like a high preseason top fifteen. Nice, awesome, yeah. And we'll dive into, uh, we'll revisit and dive into the uniqueness of the RPI when we <laughs> when we talk about uh, statewide in a minute. But uh, 
great stuff. Yeah, the uh, looking forward to that. Definitely Game of the Week coverage was uh, well-received last year. So uh, so definitely looking forward to that as well. Because I know you were you were out and about, and you even had, I think, what you covered two two games. No, probably, I think, more than two on the private side. But I know you covered two of uh, my teams, right, my school's games. And I know we treated you to uh, one heck of a – one heck of a match <laughs> yeah. up in Austin, right? Yeah, you haven't seen that game. Go go to our uh, the roundtable Facebook page. It's on there uh, the, against Austin Hyde Park. That was that was probably one of the that was one of the funniest games I, I've been to yeah. a high school. You know, high, lots of high scoring, lots of drama. Uh, yeah. Kind of like it's like the World Cup drama you get <laughs> some of these games. So yeah, kind of like I that definitely... game yesterday with the Senate. Uh, who was it with um, with Senegal and Korea? Uh, what's it? Cameroon and Korea. One of those, the yeah. back, like yeah, a back yeah. and forth game. Yeah, yeah. The uh, or was that Ghana and Korea? I think that was Ghana. Yeah, Ghana, was Ghana? Korea. I think yeah, Ghana, Ghana Korea. Korea. Yeah, it was Ghana. Yeah, I know that game. Oh, so we we were talking about it. Um, been talking about it this week since we actually played Hyde Park yesterday, and uh, <clears throat> they're no longer a district foe, but still, it was that game there was just, it kind of, it shaved a few months off my life. I think it was one of the absolute most nuts games I've ever been a part of that I've ever coached in. And 17 goals total scored in that game. If you include the pen, you know, the penalties. So, um, so yeah, it was a wild game, a wild game for sure. So, um, all right, but, uh, moving forward. So we look at a couple more on here. So round table panels, um, district outlooks and local realignment impacts. So from the roundtable panels, I know, again, that's also going to kind of be, we'll do some of that. We're considering doing some of that here on Inside Texas High School Soccer. But I know with the uh, Sandstorm Soccer Roundtable, you're definitely looking at some of that. Um, the district outlooks, one of my favorite ones from the perspective here in San Antonio, from not just the favorites, but where I really I really like to identify the, the potential Cinderella's and the dark horses. Because one or two always emerge every year out of every classification. So, and then the impact of that impact of now that we're in year one of this new realignment cycle, right? Which is 2022 to 2024. What will that look like in year one? Who will make the transition? And then what will it look like next year, right? In year two. So some of the things that we're looking forward to uh, for sure. What can you tell us a little bit about those coach? As far as like the district outlooks, um, with, and that has a time with a lot of with the realignment. There's, there's going to be some, you know, there's some shakeups on there. Um, there's some teams that are going to contend, you know, for your normal contenders. But like I said, you have those dark horses. Like last year, Brandeis was one. Johnson was one. Um, for the girls' side, like I said, it was Bernie Champion. Uh, you know, we had a, a Brennan girls team and the O'Connor girls team. They're went through, got to the regional tournament, you know, they were kind of under the radar most of the season. So, you know, cause a lot of, like I said, a lot of the Northeast cut kind of got the attention. Like we have Reagan, you know, Johnson and so forth. Um, with the real alignment this year, uh, especially here in San Antonio, the, the big one, I think the one that was the biggest impact was with Spencer Valley moving down to 5A, you know, for poison, you know, and how is that going to change the, you know, the landscape as now, now that Dripping Springs is out and they're now in 6A, you know, now you replace, you know, have now Smithson Valley moved down to 5A. How are the boys and the girls, are they going to be the, you know, the top guns for the, for the region? Um, 
but like I said, you have other teams that have may have a say, like Alamo Heights. You know, uh, you have other teams, uh, for example, um, you know, is South how Southwest? You know, Southwest was undefeated for for a while until they got knocked out by Georgetown. You know, how are they going to bounce back? You know, are they going to be strong again this year? Um, you know, and, and like I said, there and there's other teams. Like I said, there's a couple of SAISD teams that did well too as well. So it's it's going to be interesting. You know, who's going to you know who's going to come out? You know, winning these districts um, for for this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think regionally or locally, whichever you want to call it. Yeah, hard to ignore Smithson Valley going down to uh, to five A, and now you got you know you got a state semifinalist and Bernie Champion. Uh, a defending state semifinalist, if you will, and then oh, even have... <laughs> like in four A, I forgot to mention a four A. You know, mm-hmm. Bernie, Bernie High, the boys. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, the back to back championships, and I have a feeling they could get they could get the the, the three P. I think right. they have a like I said, they have a core players, and I'm you know speaking to their coach. You know, I think they have a core players, but I think he also his system of play you know, really elevates those players and, and, you know, they don't miss a beat, you know, and I talked to them, I remember I talked to them this past season when they won the title, it, it seemed like they're, they're ready to make another run to, yeah. to, to win and get that three-peat. So, and then even yeah. the, like I said, also the Bernie girls too, you know, they had a lot of adversity, but they found a way too to, to get to the, and they knocked off Cal Allen, got that monkey off their back and were able to get to, to the region, to the, in the state tournament. Yeah. So, you know, and I think from that perspective, you know, we talk about Smithson Valley making going down to 5A. Now you got Bernie Champion and uh, Bernie Champion, Piper, you know, an emerging program in Piper, right? Their first full year in varsity expected to be, you know, an instant impact in the district. And then you and then, of course, so all those three just for starters in the same district. It's kind of like, wow, it kind of opens up your eyes. And then, yeah, I mean, 4A. You know, I had a, had a chance when we were down um, the week before last, a uh, week before Thanksgiving, down at covering the uh, Tasco Texas High School Soccer Coaches Convention, right? Had the opportunity to talk and uh, talk with Coach Strong for a good bit. Talked about last season, what he's what, what he's looking forward to this season as they go for a three-peat, right? Can they become the new – I guess you can kind of make that – discussion already maybe mini dynasty but definitely when you win three in a row that's a full-fledged dynasty for sure right so can they become that new dynasty in the san antonio area right after what we had for so long here in central catholic and you can even kind of that argument over an extended period of what what tmi had going on a little bit as well um on the private side but but i think I think he's going to have them ready. Of course, you know, big shout out to coach, uh, to coach strong, you know, and his boys, cause I know he'll have them ready. And, uh, but I know he's also expecting a lot of strong competition that they're going to be ready for him. You know, they're clearly, yeah. they're clearly, they're clearly marked. They're going to get everybody shot, you know, every night, everybody's best shot every night. So um, yeah. So, and, it, and it's kind of that marathon mentality, right. Versus a race. So I think, and they have that experience, right? Even with what they've lost from graduation. So yeah, so exciting side there. And then on the girls' side, I think that's what I'm really excited to watch is when it comes to Bernie is on the girls' side, right? They had they had a team that made a, a great run last year, extremely young, and they're going to be back. They're going to be better, I think. Look for them to make a, possibly an even deeper run. Could they be playing on the last 
you know, the last uh, last day of the season in 4A, quite possibly, quite possibly. So that'll that'll be interesting with some of the moves, you know, with yeah, Midlothian Heritage leaving 4A. Obviously, you still have Salina there, um, but yeah, it's it's going to be one of those matchups. I know they'll they'll be they'll be ready for it for sure. So excited to watch them as well. Yeah, I know with the Bernie girls, um, they're on that real brutal district with Davenport and Wimberley, mm-hmm. and that was a dogfight, you know. And I think I think they learned a lot from from those games, you know. They lost a couple of close games on them, but they're able to kind of you know take it up to the notch. The one game I'm hopefully maybe we'll get to see, hopefully maybe the schedule. I know with the boys side with Bernie is, is another sleeper team was was Lavernia. Uh, I had high hopes for them because I haven't seen them play. They were great. They just uh, I was surprised they stumbled on the first round because like I said they were in a collision course. So Bernie's like, hey, this is gonna be hopefully it gets to play because it was gonna be a good game and hopefully, hopefully like I said I know they were very young too and they uh, they got they're returning a lot back and so keep 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 an eye on them. Like I said, they may like I said. They may continue, you know, be a contender here as well, you know, against Bernie here in the, in the region for Corey boys. Well, one one thing you you and I really hadn't had a chance to dive into that, but one thing that a couple of my sources confirmed to me is like, and I don't know if you were aware of this, but the um, trying to recall his name, but the Lavernia coach is no. I have been told that the Lavernia coach uh, is no longer there. The Lavernia boys coach, he is no longer there. Oh, really? So. Yeah, so so that could play um, in, that could play a factor too, because yeah, he was a really yeah, good true. coach, and I got to, you know we interviewed him and 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 yeah he, he had he had that program going. So whoever inherited that program's got a lot. It's got a you know yeah, it's got some shoes to fill on that one. Yeah, yeah, it was it was news to me when I found out, and you know, and then I found, and then it kind of kind of all came to me from multiple sources. So, um, so yeah, from that perspective, that'll be, that, that'll be an interesting one to see what they're like. If, if it indeed, that is, if indeed that is the case. So, so yeah, so just a few things here in terms of, again, what you're looking at here, these are a few things of what both collectively here on Inside Texas High School Soccer, we will be covering and discussing this year, but also specifically, primarily, you will also get on, uh, the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable, which is dives into a lot more exclusive san antonio and regional coverage so um definitely wanted to highlight that excuse me so moving on at the state level so at the state level here's what we're going to be looking at now this is something you will exclusively see here on inside texas high school soccer um so you'll see some similarities in terms of what we talked about so upcoming key tournaments i'll let uh, rafa talk a little about that and then i'll let him talk a little bit more in terms of what became an instant hit last year in our what we call what we dubbed our RPI, our Rafa Power Index, right? So, a unique twist. One thing that I that I really like. One of the things that I told Rafa. So, you know, from the rankings perspective, me personally, they're cool, they're nice, they generate buzz. Don't get me wrong, and it's great recognition for certain programs, especially the programs that are ascending, right? That are developing. Uh, that said, I think, you know. Like anything else that involves <laughs> that involves us, that involves people, involves humans, still very subjective and never really concrete. And also one of those things that, you know, it, it's opinion based, right? It's subjective. So, um, but yeah, I think it doesn't define programs, whether you're at the top, you're at the bottom or you're not ranked. So, um, but what was pretty unique, what I really liked about 
what uh, what Rafa chose to do with the RPI, the Rafa Power Index, is, um, and I'll let him talk a little bit as to how often those will come out. But it's his selection in terms of a top fifteen pound for pound ranking system, regardless of from four A to six A, right? And and I think that's what you're going to really find is that. I think this year, last year, I, I dubbed it as the year that 4A arrived, right? A lot of people kind of really took notice of it. It's like, man, it's like, I get it. They're the smaller schools per se, but they can play, right? I told multiple people, multiple people this. I talked about it on the uh, the episodes with the, at Tesco convention, spoke about it with multiple coaches at the Tesco convention. That best game I saw all year last year was that 4A final between Salina and Midlothian Heritage. That was an unbelievable game, right? So, um, so and to see it at the high school level and just a bunch of competitors putting it on the line for their community, for their programs, for each other, for their teammates, it was a great match. And it was at the 4A level, right? So, um, so yeah, so I think the recognition of, hey, let's look at how would we rank these if we kind of really just stack them on certain merits, Um from 4A to 6A collectively, and we just put them in one big ranking system, right, regardless of classification. Um, so, yeah. And then um, you'll look at, that should say 2022, not 2021, but the uh, Champions Review. Uh, we may look at, we're going to look at that from the perspective of the, hey, last year's champions, who is maybe most likely and least likely to repeat. You know, we've already been talking a little bit about that with, such as Bernie, right, on the boys' side. So who who do we expect? Who is most likely? Who would we bet money on, if you will, uh, to repeat? So, what are what are your thoughts there on those first three there, Coach? Well, the upcoming tournaments we're already starting to see some of the the premier ones uh, already posting, like the the Neps tournament, the 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 the, the, the North Texas Showcase. Um, I know here in the Austin areas have the, the lakes. That one's expanding out. More teams are coming into that. Um, hopefully, I'll get a chance to maybe head up there to maybe catch a couple games. Um, and then I'll governors, I'll, governors, you'll have the Governor's, governor's Cup. Cup. Yeah, yeah. Governor's Cup. And then we have one um, out, out east in Houston, like the, like the I 10 shootout, the mm -hmm. Katy tournament there in Katy, uh, the Woodlands tournament, the Kilt Cup. Um, so you and then in the valley you have the you know because of the Brownsville ISD tournament that was always usually a big tournament down there for the for the valley teams um, out west um, uh, I know there's a, a good a pretty comparative tournament there like like in the Midland area because you have a lot of the El Paso teams go out there to compete so especially right. against with the Panhandle some you can have some uh, DFW teams that maybe head out there because they know they got to play them in playoffs. So there, and then you got some four A ones like the uh, Salado tournament. They usually bring the, the best of the best four A teams of boys and girls play, play against each other, and that's kind of get, you get an idea who's gonna who's probably gonna be your contender for the for the state title. So there's there's a lot of them out there. Like I said, there's some great showcases and tournaments. Um, so you know, hopefully we'll be able to get to attend a few and you know, send, send us, you know, some info on those as well. You know, we love to hear about it some results and what teams are heading there, but those are, those are good measuring sticks as far as where your team, you know, where your team's at prior to district, uh, just to get to, you know, to, you know, to see what you have. And then the power rankings, like I mentioned, I, and I, like I said, you know, I don't, I don't go based on school names or what they've done in football and this and that, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I really kind of scope out, you know, 
you know, on the net, who, you know, which teams are doing well, like in the Metroplex and so forth. And um, here in San, I guess this was here in San Antonio Valley out West and, and, and recognize those teams who are actually, you know, or being, you know, just, like I said, wins are important, but also quality wins, you know, are they getting the quality game, you know, yeah. beating quality teams and so forth. They're not being beating up teams that are, they're not maybe not as at the level they are and so forth. So, so those will hopefully be coming out soon. And then the championship review, um, I guess we can discuss on this. Uh, we had a, quite a few different chat um, uh, as far as there's a couple of teams I think they're going to repeat, but I think there's a, some some other ones that I think we're going to see new champions this year. Um, I know, like I mentioned, like Bernie for Bernie Boys for 4A, I think they're going to repeat. Um, 4A girls, it's wide open now. Now that you know, Salina lost her, they're the top player <laughs> from last year. Well, the, the goal scoring she did, you know, are they going to be, you know, how can they replace her? You know, or is there going to be another contender, you know, yeah. sneaking yeah. in, especially that district? You know, that district, all four teams end up playing each other in quarterfinals. So, um, you, you just never know. 5A, uh, 5A girls, you know, we all thought it was going to be. You know, Dripping Springs girls. We thought they were going to run the gauntlet, but you know, Bernie Bernie Champion girls had you know had something to say. They almost got them on the, one of the second round of that district play, and they were able to finish the job there at the that regional final. Uh, so you got to look out for them, and also maybe even Spencer Valley now that they moved down to you know the five A, um, you know, Metroplex teams. You could say great fine. You could say are they going to make another run? Um, and like I said, you also have your Houston area teams. And then for 6A boys, you know, how does like Travis, uh, like I said, I know they had a lot of senior-laden team. Are they going to rebound or, or are they going to be able to defend their title? You know, that's something what San Antonio League kind of had experienced the year before. Um, you know, there are going to be some teams that are be gunning for them, especially now that Dripping Strings boys who made their – they made it to the – like I said, to the finals. You know, now they're moved to 6A. They're going to be a contender there. Out west in El Paso, you know, we had high hopes for East Lake. You know, are, are they going to be – is this the is this, is this the year for they finally crack through and, and get into the state tournament? You know, can they beat those Dallas area teams and so forth? Or will we finally have a Houston area team win the title too? That's 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 another right. – we've been – that hasn't happened in, in a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's been the eye opener. And from the Houston perspective, I say one, <clears throat> excuse me, if there's one to keep a close eye on and maybe early going, maybe worth considering if you had to put your money on, I would definitely say Katie Seven Lakes on the boys' side, right? State, you know, state semifinalist last year, definitely worth one worth tracking throughout the year. So, uh, so yeah, because I know Coach Kruger is going to have them ready. He's got a lot of talent coming back. And then, yeah, I think at the 5A level, I think can anybody knock can anybody knock off the the school Frisco. dynasty, right? That is Frisco Wakeland, right? They've just especially on the boy side, they just they book their I think they book their reservations for Georgetown uh, probably next week, I think, right? So they just expect to be there. So so yeah, and then their girls girls side joined them last year in a great final versus versus Grapevine. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so there's a lot to be said there. Um, and then when we look at, so items here, four, five, six, and seven, um, scheduling and key dates, 
uh, as well as Cinderella and Dark Horses. Again, really love talking about those. Is And that's where I think we try to really dive into analysis here is beyond the rankings is can we identify, obviously, you can spot talent in the eyeball test and a who, who are the teams to beat, but hey, who are the teams that can make runs that a lot of people don't see coming in maybe December or January, right? That's what you'll find here that we'll be talking about. Uh, obviously, playoff coverage. And then again, just like we discussed uh, at San Antonio at the regional level, here statewide, that realignment impact. Um, I think one of the biggest things from the realignment perspective is, you know, we talked about it briefly in the San Antonio area. We talked about maybe moves that are, you know, whether they're going down to 5A or, you know, going down to 4A or vice versa, going up to going up or down, doesn't matter. I think, but it's real easy to talk about schools individually, right? But I think one of the harder things to do is identifying districts, right? Uh, what is it? districts that are going to look completely different and may, may be just overnight, they're probably going to be powerhouse districts. For me, at the state level, one that I'm really intrigued by, um, I know we've had this conversation, Rafa, is out you know out west in part of the you know part of the uh, state that doesn't get enough love enough coverage but out in el paso you know district 14a which is just overnight right just became a mammoth of a district right um i don't know if you know the area that region has ever seen this much talent at the 4a level all in one district you know with you know el paso Bowie, el paso austin coming down they joined the ranks of you know, multiple t- multi-time state champion uh, Sanelli, and then you're also going to have in there and try, uh, Riverside, right? El Paso Riverside as well. So, and that's just to name a few, right? That's just to name a few. You're going to have Mountain View in there. You're going to have Clint in there. So that is a behemoth. It's a ten-team district now, if I'm not mistaken, um, at the 4A level. So that kind of that's a district that I want to keep my eye on, and I'm looking forward to see how it how it kind of plays out and materializes over the course of the season. Yeah, that, you know, those teams right there, you know, San Eli kind of had it easy. You're not saying easy for, you know, the, the years, the last four years, but now you're at, like I said, Bowie's a quality team. And they're going to, you know, also with Riverside's had a quality team. Austin's going to have a quality team. So it's going to be interesting, you know, just kind of looking at that. Fabians is another one, you know, kind of look out for, you know, they're one of those upstart programs, but this have had success. Um, you know, just kind of looking at region one out, out of those teams, I, th- I think this is a good shot for El Paso. But, you know, when you talk about realignment, drop, teams dropping down, you're looking at like at Wichita Falls High School and Hershey. They've, you know, they've, been, they've done well in 5A. You know, they could do some damage in that region one for 4A. Uh, others, other teams like Salado's now in region one. So they, and then Stephenville, remember uh, the Stephenville girls had quality team there. You know, they may, you know, contend there. Same thing with the boys. So, like I said, just kind of looking. And then also our, our, our friends at, there at Diamond, you know, Diamond Hill Jarvis, we can't forget about them, the boys. <laughs> They've had two successful seasons. And, um, it, you know, just kind of looking at Region 1, there's, it's, it, you know, for boys and girls, it's going to be – it's now more competitive than ever. So, it's it, you know, you're going to have maybe probably about four or five teams that can probably lay stake to – from the boys' size and the girls' side, like stake to that, 
to that regional tournament for region one. So it's going to be exciting for four. Cause like I said, four, a I know everyone's kind of, they thought it was an afterthought and so forth, but now you're starting to see some quality four, a teams that could probably even compete in five, a maybe even six, a cause they got oh, the yeah. quality players. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt for sure. I think, I think that's been pretty well established. I think it's just, a, and, and getting over that bias, especially right when, when you're one of the other, the bigger classifications, <clears throat> So, yeah, so I think and you'll see that you'll see that with a lot of forays that come playoff season, you see that the record isn't it's not super. It's not like, hey, it's not 20 plus wins and one loss or two losses because they schedule non-district. They schedule up. They play up a lot. right? They play. They'll play. They'll take on five A's. They'll take on six A's, you know, not just in individual and standalone games, but, or you know, we just talked about tournament season coming up. So. Um, so yeah, so they scheduled very strong. We'll notice that right away. So, all right. Uh, great stuff, coach. Thank you. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the local, the local stuff, regional stuff, San Antonio, as well as some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about over the course of this season, statewide across the state of Texas, obviously. So, um, we're going to take a break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a quick word from our, uh, our sponsors. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. As the lead sponsor and proud supporter of the 5050 Podcast, alongside Coach Hector Cano, College Promoters is proud to be elevating its support for the college soccer recruiting process more than any other service in the country. If your son or daughter is serious about competing in college soccer, call College Promoters USA directly at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athlete. And we're back with uh, Coach Rafa with, uh, again, our preview show, right? Episode one of season three of Inside Texas High School Soccer, or as we should say, Inside Hashtag Texas High School Soccer. Again, don't forget over the course of the season, when you send your scores, any updates, anything, tag us but and use that has, hashtag, spread that hashtag over the course of the season. Again, that is hashtag TXHS. SOC for Texas high school soccer. Again, that's hashtag TX HS SOC. So great stuff. And a uh, nice little quick message here again from Harry. So, and this is a great point. This was one of the things that I was going to segue on. So his timing is actually perfect is if you noticed on uh, some of the things that we discussed here, and one of the things that we really want to hit on, try to dive into further this year is the taps coverage, right? Uh, the, it's it is harder to get information. So if you're a taps coach out there and you're listening to us, tag us, share us uh, your scores and everything, because we definitely want to make a bigger push in terms of trying to cover and have access more to uh, to taps taps matches, taps score lines, and uh, and be able to showcase and highlight more taps programs as well. So I know on that front, the uh, especially uh, regionally, you know uh, Rafa. Sandstorm Soccer Roundtable will take more of the lead. But, you know, we talked a little bit about 4A on the UIL side, but regionally on the 4A side in um, in TAPS in the San Antonio area, 
I mean, there's a tremendous district at the, you know, the 4A, the D3 level of powerhouse district here. Uh, you know, you're talking about Shirts, JP2, you know, Bernie Geneva, New Braunfels Christian, just to name a few schools. That's a very strong district. You got Holy Cross in there, just to name a few. So, um, yeah. And then you've got, you know, just, I don't think in terms of the state, but also regionally in the San Antonio area, the amount of success and quality programs at the private school level that have been putting up, you know, putting up great numbers and have had tons of success at the state level for years here in this area. We talked about Central Catholic. We talked about TMI on the boys side. Uh, shirts, you know, shirts JP two just won, you know, um, won their second title in three years, right? So, um, so, so yeah, so it's there, and you're seeing it at all levels on the girls side with shirts JP two on the boys side with the previous the aforementioned schools. So yeah, so it's there. And uh, definitely excited, looking forward to try to cover that uh, as much as we can, as much as I can, because obviously I'm still very much in season right now already. Uh, but thoughts on TAPS, Coach? Uh, the realignment made some interesting, you know, kind of looking at it, it made some interesting um, games coming up. And and especially, you know, especially down the 4A level, it's, it, it's going to be more competitive um, and probably some more opportunities for teams to go a lot deeper. You know, and it, and and it's more kind of aligned more regionally. As from there, as I saw, like some a lot of the Austin schools are, are staying within that area. Same thing with mm -hmm. San Antonio. Maybe you have a couple maybe offshoots of maybe Corpus and Santa and Laredo's coming. You know, you know, being part of that. So it, it's going to be like I said, interesting going into this year. You know how some of these teams are are going to you know produce as far as. You know, coming out, especially like the highest level, with the you know the five A level, uh, the six A level for, for taps. You know, yeah, looking at yeah. the like District Two, I'm looking at it like you said. You have Antonia and Central Catholic, Concordia, Tomball. You know, you know now they have like I said now Central Catholic and Antonia have to go out east to go play yeah. some of these Houston teams, and then and they, they're quality teams like the Village School and St. Pius the Tenth. Um, and like I said, you look at North, you know, the North, the district one, you have Bishop Lynch is a contender. Nolan Catholic's always been a contender. Uh, your Preston, um, Brestwood Christian Academy, uh, maybe, you know, like I said, you have independent with cathedral. Um, right. maybe, I know they had a, a run a couple of years ago. Maybe, maybe they have another run, you know, for yeah. lined up for this year. So it, a lot of, like I said, it's going to be very, it's their level. I could notice that the level of play is just as similar as the, as the public schools, you know, and, and and you can see that and there's some really good quality players playing for a lot of a lot of the taps tap schools yeah 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 well said well said for sure so looking forward to it uh what's got you maybe anything any one thing in particular got you maybe i know you shared with us a a, a quote earlier earlier today that we put out on social media but what's maybe an early storyline team something What's got you super excited about this season right now? When you look at it, what's maybe one big storyline at the forefront? I, I think the storyline is is how how are a lot of these alignments are gonna be a be a difference maker as far as making runs into the playoffs. You know, some districts have become harder. You know, or or and also having more teams in the district. You mentioned like. Like the district one and four A for the boys not, uh, and girls, it's a ten team district. You know, like like here in San Antonio, uh, Northeast. I know with MacArthur moving down from to five A, they swung in Marshall. Marshall was a quality team in North in, in Northside. 
you know, how, you know, could they be the surprise like what Brandeis was last year? Yeah. Um, same thing with, you know, in North Texas, you know, you have that gauntlet with Flower Mound and Marcus and Louisville. And so it, it's, you know, there've been some changes. And like I said, there's maybe some teams that didn't play each other. Now they're playing against each other in the same district. But like I said, all, all those, all those games are going to get you battle tested and we'll see, yeah. you know, like oh, I yeah. said, all of that's going to show who's really a contender or who's, who's a pretender. And, you know, and, and what's important about going into this season, you know, you know, and especially the coaching side, you know, you know, what are you going to be able to do to elevate your player's game, implement, you know, you know, their, their skill, especially their technique levels to work on, you know, to execute your tactics and then scheduling, what type of games are you scheduling? Cause I've already looked at a couple of schedules and with some teams and which I'm not going to name them, you know, they have some quality, they're playing some quality teams, but you know, you know, maybe some, if you're know if your district's not very strong, you know, you're, you definitely have to have a really tough non-district schedule or play some of the top teams in the in those showcases or tournaments to yeah. get you ready because we've seen some teams that yeah, they've gone had some really nice records have gone undefeated, but they end up playing a qual a quality team that was in a real tough district and they get knocked out early in the playoffs. So that's that's you know why that's where, where I'm looking forward to seeing is which teams are willing to take the next step to elevate their players' game and their programs to, you know, competing against some of these, these, uh, these uh, higher, you know, higher level teams. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great info. Great stuff. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think that's, um, that's a big one. I don't, don't want to call it the elephant in the room, but yeah, I mean the, the impact of realignment, right. What will that look like? Who will respond? Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see for sure. And uh I think uh, one of the things that I kind of want to head on really quick before we leave is I know there's some stuff, maybe if you can share with us what you can share right now, I know there's some stuff that are still, still in development, but tell us with your other, your primary podcast that you're on, that you co-host the San Antonio soccer Roundtable. Tell us a little bit in terms of, as it relates to the high school game, some of the things that you have going on there and some of the things that are maybe that you're looking at coming out with soon. Yeah, so we're we're gonna hopefully do a preview next week. We and Harry gonna kind of discuss more specific with the San Antonio area is going in. You know, kind of dig deep into the districts and see. We we'll probably do an overview who we think, you know, talk about who we think is gonna be the favorites and so forth. Um, like I said, we're, that's I know we're doing some rebranding, but we are gonna stay at the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable for the high school side. We'll have a brand new show for the San Antonio FC, which we'll preview that hopefully later on. <laughs> In, in a few weeks, and then also, uh, and then also the focus also on, and we'll have a. Um, I'm working on a name for our live streams, you know, our local, you know, for the San Antonio area high school games. For so we're like I said, I'm looking anyone I like would love to have their game live stream. Reach out to you know, reach out to me. You know, find us on Twitter and Facebook. Send us a message. You know, we love to come to the showcase or you know, our games. If there's like some highlight. Some great games coming up. You already know your schedule. Let us know so we can schedule on there. Whether it's me and coaching, me and you go to the games when you have time, or like I said, I have, we have a couple other guys that can come up. And me and Harry, like I said, did a game last year at Hondo, and like I said, we can do some com commentary for some of the games because, like I said, we're for us for our show because we really want to showcase, you know, not certain teams and this and that. 
you know, we don't want to jump on the bandwagon. We want to, we want to, we want to get everybody, you know, uh, uh, to come on to, you know, you know, you know, come to the table and so forth. We, we want to showcase the talent that we have in this town or in this area. And, you know, and hopefully, like I said, maybe some of these college coaches also watching our live streams and so forth. And maybe they get the spot a player to, Hey, you know, I need to take him out and come, come out and look at her, him, him or her and, and see, see what happens from there. But that's one thing I'm looking forward to now that we're doing the, more of the commentary with, with the live stream. So I'm looking forward for some, some exciting games. I know we did the Ian's cup. That was a fun game. That was a wild game. Oh, yeah. Actually. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so it was. Yeah, that, was, it was. A, that, that was a yeah. great game. And, um, I know there's a couple other ones that, you know, that I went to and so forth. So I'm looking forward. I even did some out West during Christmas vacation there in my hometown. Dorado did a couple games there. And so it's, you know, it's, I'm looking forward to, you know, going on there. And like I said, great neck. Uh, it was great to be recognized by the Texan life for all the stuff we were doing. So thank, Dave, you. Dave, thank you guys. Dave Campbell's text Texan life, right? Yeah, Dave Campbell's Texan life. So if you guys need some uh, some guys for soccer games, go with it. Reach out go. to us. We'd love to do some some games for you guys, especially yeah. in the playoffs. But yeah, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it for the season. And you know, I want it. Like I said, there's some teams I want to see. You know, how, how do they bounce back from? Some, maybe they didn't get to the point where they wanted to be at. You know, are they going to take that next level and, and so forth? And also see how are these new teams, especially like in the four year level, do, how do they make that next step? Are they are they going to be contenders for the district titles now and so forth? So that's something because I'm looking forward to this coming year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think, uh, yeah. You know, one of the things that I wanted to acknowledge really quick and what one, I guess, I guess announcement I wanted to make is that, <clears throat> excuse me, is we are growing in terms and Rafa hit on it there, but in terms of just uh, just coverage contributors, you know, particularly on our side with the 5050 podcast in conjunction with our spinoff series here in Inside Texas High School Soccer. We are looking for additional contributors. You know, I wanted to acknowledge a couple of contributors that we've had uh, both on the 5050 podcast and Inside Texas High School Soccer, you know, is uh, Steve, you know, Mr. Steve Sanchez, just unbelievable just statistician when it comes to the high school game it's kind of shocking how far back it goes he knows his stuff knows his stuff regionally and across the state he's uh, we're looking forward to having him him on uh starring on our on our shows more in the future uh and then also uh mike youngblood who ironic we just mentioned <laughs> the uh, texan live also does a lot of uh, a lot of commentary and coverage of Lake Travis, uh, the Lake Travis Cavaliers. He's kind of the voice, the voice of the Cavaliers, if you will, as well. But he does coverage across uh, the Austin area as well across the state. He's one that's still working on. Obviously, he's newer to the game, right, to the game of soccer, but just loves, loves the coverage, loves covering it. And uh, also just well versed in terms of the high school game and knows his stuff. So we're lucky, we're blessed to have them on as contributors, and we're looking forward to having them on um, pretty regularly on our show as as their schedule will permit. Uh, but yeah, um, I guess if you're interested, if you know your stuff, you want to work in this in this field as you know, and contributors to the Fifty Fifty Podcast and Inside Texas High School Soccer, kind of want to get more information. Please feel free, reach out. DMs are open and uh, reach out, send us a message 
and uh, let us let us know you know if you're interested and we'll go from there obviously there is a there's a vetting process and what have you but uh, but we are looking for ad- additional contributors to the podcast uh whether and you know whether they want to give from different regions and want to give you know be on the podcast share information give us information give us insight people that you know, love doing this, love doing this for the right reason, all in support of our game across the state of Texas, our student athletes, our coaches. Um, so that's really the reason why we do it. So, um, so yeah, just wanted to share that. Rafa, any final, want to give you the floor one last time, any final thoughts, anything you want to throw out there? Well, just to follow up on that also, you know, the, having the contributors even to look, especially to Harry setting up the bracketology or our six hour bracketology. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you know, like I said, we love to have people out from other regions give their, you know, I know we had a couple people from El Paso from the Valley give their points as far as the picks for a bracketology show. And I know we're going to, we're going to do it again. And, you know, we love to have some people from the Dallas area, you know, even Houston give their, you know, give their insights, you know, when we make our, you know, help us with our picks and so forth, even in the panhandle. So, Love to you know hear from you guys. You know, if you want to come on, on that bracket tally show, hey, like I said, the DMs are open. And, we're, and like I said, we we'll always look for it for that show. Maybe we'll beat the record. We'll go to seven hours or eight hours. But I, I yeah. think we, got, oh. we probably we made we made bring it down this year. We may do individual individual nights for each classification, so we may end up doing that. So that way, it's not too long. So um, I oh, think great. it's, but so, it's great. six so hours now, of a podcast. So, so now it'll be twelve hours spread out over three days. Great, great, <laughs> awesome. So uh, for those of you who don't know, what we're talking about is last year. <clears throat> excuse me, last March going into the state playoffs, we had a uh, bracketology bracketology episode on the San Antonio soccer round table where I was, I was a guest with them, both with uh, Harry Austin and Rafa. And uh, yeah, what we thought was going to be a simpler, more broken down quicker uh, version of the bracketology turned out to, Oh, it was, it was broken down. All right. But it was, <laughs> it was, it was a six hour, uh, six hour episode. And, uh, but you know what? I, we did it right. And I think that I take pride in it. And I always love telling that story. I, I was actually talking about that during, uh, cause was a couple of coaches asked, uh, asked me about it, uh, at the uh, Tasco convention. And, uh, but they were just like, man, what were you guys thinking? And we loved every minute of it. It was fun. It was with great people. And we had, again, we had some, you know, correspondence. We have, uh, contributors that were from different part of the state that were on with us that night as well. And I think that was part of the reason why, what made it, Obviously, what kind of why it lasted longer, but still also what made it so entertaining and great insight. Yeah, they had a lot of great insight, especially like some of the teams we're maybe we're not too familiar with, but you know, so we're looking for maybe like I said from other parts of the region to, yeah. to hop on board because we'll, we'll, we're going we're gonna to have year three of it, so we're excited about that. So, so we may change the little format a little bit, but like I said, it's it's we do break it down, you know we give our thoughts on, on the teams and so forth because we do analyze the teams and we do, you know, we review, okay, who, who have they played? What districts are they in? You know, what they've done. And, you know, even in recent past, you know, and like I said, I think we're, we were pretty much accurate, like pretty, pretty accurate on, on a lot of our picks. I think, I think we're like in the close, but a little over the 90% range. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Well, I admit, I admit to the ones, unlike you, I admit to the ones I get wrong. Okay. I know you, you're just like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I definitely, there was some that we clearly whiffed on, right? That we talked yeah. about some, some of the Cinderella runs. Which there were some great. upsets, you know, that we weren't seeing. Yeah. 
excuse me, which is great. It's great for the sport. It's great for just, um, it's just it, cause you know, it's impossible to go perfect, right. Thousand percent. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, it was fun for sure. So looking forward to it. And thank you again, a special thank you to, to Harry for that. Cause I know he, he puts in some work behind the scenes and uh, he's come a long way in terms of learning about, you know, learning about it at the high school level. And he's shown a lot of interest and he's done a lot of great job in support of, in support of both of us really. So, so yeah, for sure. So, oh yeah, here's, here's Harry getting us the, uh, what kind of, Poking you in the ribs here one last time. Some some upsets that no one had last year. So, <laughs> and I, I just want to give a special shout out to his son AJ, uh, Harry's son, for making the JV team for JP Stevens, uh, boys soccer team. So congratulations, oh, nice. AJ. Nice. Northside six. So we're looking forward to six, six, come watching some of his games. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be good for sure. So, um, and I know. Oh, and oh, so is that your actual final final thoughts? Final thing you wanted to share? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I'm just looking. Like I said, I'm looking really forward to the season, doing the live uh, the bracketology, the live streams, and it, it's going to be a fun season. I think I think we're really building momentum. It's, there's more excitement now because I think from from the, after COVID to now, there's a lot more coverage of, of high school soccer. This is like so. There's more respect for it. And, and we're and like I said, I know we're not going to get up to the heights of the you know Texas high school football, but the do the high school soccer players are getting, and the coaches are getting their due respect for taps and for UIL, the coverage that they honestly do deserve. And like I said, we, we're um, we're glad that we get to cover it, and you know we look forward to you know for this for this coming season. Yeah, yeah. And um, one, so my final thoughts, what I wanted to share, kind of two parts. One um, big shout out I wanted to share. So a lot for those, some who may know, may not know, I'm also the director of soccer at College Promoters USA. And a lot of our, you know, a lot of our athletes spoke with a lot of our soccer players across the region here, uh, particularly in the San Antonio area. They, re they reached out and uh, told them that I would give them, that I'd give them a shout out on this episode. So big shout out to all our College Promoter USA soccer athletes across the area. Really want to wish you all all the best of luck in your upcoming high school seasons. I know you're, you guys are killing it right now in your club seasons and uh, definitely looking forward to being able to hopefully maybe even cover some of you all in, in our, uh, our game coverage our game of the week coverage and whatnot. So looking forward to that, but wanted to wish all, you know, all our college promoter USA athletes out there, wish you the best of luck that your upcoming seasons and your journeys and stay safe, stay healthy and have some fun. Enjoy it. Okay. Enjoy it. And, um, and the last piece is it's a world cup. Continue to enjoy it. Watch it. It's just, it's great drama. And I know obviously there's a lot of political unrest behind, uh, behind this particular world cup and rightfully so. And I get it for a number of reasons, but also it's kind of one of those things where it's enjoy, enjoy the game, enjoy it for what it is. Cause these, again, these only come around once every four years, or in this case, and at least on the men's side, will be privileged. I love when men's comes around because it. I'm of the mindset that I know that we're going to get them in back-to-back -back years because we have the women's coming up next year in Australia and uh, in 2023. So, you know, really, what are we, six months, seven months away from, you know, we'll be talking about the Women's World Cup. So looking forward to that as well. And the, the upside to having a World Cup 
this late into the year, November, that we're less than four years away from the next Men's World Cup, which, as we all know, will be United 2026 here in uh, Canada, Canada, Mexico, and the United States. So that one should be special. It'll also be our largest, uh, largest expanded field, uh, largest expanded field in World Cup history, right, where we move up to 48, uh, 48 countries, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So take advantage of that. Spend the time. Obviously, still hit the books. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, definitely take advantage of it and uh, watch it, DVR it, whatever, record it. But yeah, definitely soak it in because I know for for some it's their first time that they're experiencing a World Cup now that they're in high school. Uh, so soak it in, enjoy it. So, but yeah, that's gonna do it. Um, so again, for for Rafa, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Very very much looking forward to working on this with you this season. Had a have had a blast. This again, we kind of stumbled in. You know, two years ago we stumbled into this kind of by accident and just by request from a couple of people. As we were as we were entering the state playoffs, right during still really a, a part of the COVID period, right the tail end of the COVID period. So um, and uh, now and of course I was in a totally different part of the state when we kicked this off. So now you know and then last year was an absolute blast. Um, really picked up in uh, in from March on. That's what you'll see in a lot of our coverage. Um, but also um, I think that this year going into this year. Um, kind of just got a lot of energy ready to go. I, I think we're going to stumble across a lot of new things. Plus with what you got going on with the, um, the San Antonio soccer round table, I very much looking forward to it and looking forward to working with you. No, I appreciate that. Look forward to, and just like I said, covering the stories of all the, the players and the coaches, and because there's always a backstory that you want to, you want to learn about them and, and, and why they're part of this great sport. So look, looking forward for 2023. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right, that's going to do it for our episode again. Um, our, our partners, College Promoters USA and Gipper, thank you very much for everything that you're doing for us. Looking forward to another, again, season three of Inside Texas High School Soccer. Look for us regularly. You can find us within the Inside Texas High School Soccer podcast catalog on all major podcast platforms. And then again, you can also find us in terms of social media. You can find us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod and on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast. You can also find us on YouTube again at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. And we are now on Twitch also at 50 underscore 50 pod. So t Twitch this, we just launched our first episode there last week. And so this is episode two. So looking forward to that one as well. So go on there, please like rate and subscribe. Follow us on Twitch in particular because the more followers we get, the more content that we can share on there as well. So looking forward to that. Thank you for everything. Again, for Rafa, Mr. at Papa Sakuritis. You can find him there. Oh, give us info on San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Where can we find you? Yeah. Where Yeah, uh, you can find us San Antonio Soccer Roundtable on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and uh, also YouTube, and soon, hopefully soon on, on Instagram as well. Uh, so we got some great nice. things coming up, especially on the Instagram. We're going to be doing, especially with the with the new SAFC specific show. Uh, you know, we we we'll be uh, putting out information about that. You know, soon. I know we discussed that last night, so you can find us on there. So don't get to yeah, click the like, follow. Love to have you have you guys on there. And also, like I said, send us your scores too. <laughs> so send us your scores yeah, too. We like scores. to post those as well. Yeah, scores for sure. Use that hashtag. Okay, again, in, or hashtag 
T-X-H-S-S-O-C for, for Texas High School Soccer. Again, T-X-H-S-S-O-C. So thank you again to all of our listeners. We always say it, and I always love saying it, that you are listeners, our supporters, even you know our parents, why we're trying to get more of that information out there. But most of all, for you, for the student-athlete, um, all the best to all of our student athletes this year across the state of Texas. We, you know, in your journey to Berkelbach Field and stay healthy. So until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 podcast powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.